This episode is brought to you by Roan. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com SOS and use promo code SOS to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off of your entire order when you head to rhone.com SOS and use code SOS. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of SOS VHS. Today, we have comedian, actor, and podcaster Will Sasso with us, and we're talking about This Is Spinal Tap. Well, thank you, Will, for being here. Thanks for having me, Andres. <laughs> this is awesome. So, before we start, can you uh, summarize Spinal Tap for those who haven't seen it? What Spinal Tap is a 1984 film made by... Rob Reiner, but more widely also, uh, 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 of course, Christopher Guest, mm -hmm. uh, Michael McKeon, and Harry Shearer, who make up the band Spinal Tap. And it is a rockumentary, <laughs> as Marty DeBerge, uh calls it, the filmmaker, Rob Reiner's character. Uh, it's, a, it's a fake documentary. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretend documentary about this incredible band from the UK uh, this, uh, you know, sort of a hard rock metal band, um, <laughs> who found fame in the sixties. And now, uh, uh, Marty DeBerge's catching up with them in the early eighties cause they just announced a, a tour and it's sort of following them around with this loose story. And, uh, it's in my opinion, one of the absolute funniest movies of all time and, and was, was, uh, pivotal to me as far as, uh, as far as, uh, you know, uh, getting into you know comedy and stuff i just i i there's so much stuff from it that really molded my sense of humor and and that of my friends when i was a kid yeah i was gonna ask That's you why does it have a special place in your heart well you know uh it, i almost it's like i was i would have been uh seven or eight when it came out or eight yeah. or nine years old so i didn't see it when it came out but you start hearing kids talking about it like the older kids or my friend's older brothers and sisters are like oh this is a this movie's amazing. Um, so you start hearing these little things and they become sort of, you know, schoolyard, schoolyard lore, if you will. Uh, and, and, uh, and then, and then you see the movie. I think I was, I was probably 11 or 12 when I first saw the movie and it, it just, it blew my mind. I couldn't figure it out because I didn't know, you know, I just thought they were real, real characters for, right. for yeah. a minute, but then you start to, you know, things start to cross over. You go, Oh, wait a minute. Harry Shearer and, and that guy looks familiar. There's uh, Lenny from Laverne and Shirley. Michael McKeon played Lenny on Laverne and Shirley. Right. Uh, of Lenny and Squiggy. And then, uh, you know, Harry Shearer and Christopher Guest were on Saturday Night Live. And uh, Rob Reiner's Rob Reiner. I, I knew who he was. So you're sort of like, wait, what? And when you realize that it's a pretend documentary, you're you're like, this is a sketch movie. This is like you know, the stuff I would have seen when I was a kid that I, that was also super influential to me, Saturday Night Live, SETV, Monty Python, and the like. Uh, and it just, it just blew my mind. And, 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 and it happens to be just, it, it, it's still hilarious. I just watched it uh, last night for the purposes of doing this show. And I, yeah. you know, I mean, there's so many parts of it that are just 
to me still still hilarious, which is rare for a movie to hold up like that. Yeah, so funny. You you know that they're trying to make a sequel right now to all the same characters. Including... I didn't know that. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. that's great. So, uh, were you always into comedy? So like, yeah, since I was a little little boy, uh, you know, I think even before I was sort of conscious of it, I was uh, I I had uh, you know an older brother and an older sister, uh, and they sort of uh, they were they were like. 10 years older than me so they had run of the tv and stuff so i sort of would watch SCTV, carol burnett saturday night live benny hill there was a lot of yeah there was a lot of weird comedy happening that that maybe i was too young for uh that i didn't get and uh and uh but the stuff that i did get from it was you know i was like this is the coolest stuff in the world and then you become you, you know you really uh develop a relationship with it because as you go, you start to get more and more of it. Right. And it just enriches the whole thing, if that's a word, and uh, makes you want to delve deeper into it. Yeah, I was always into into comedy. And when did you realize you were funny? Like, kind of like, okay, I want to do this. Because you were very young when I, I saw your like, first TV uh, shows and all that, pretty young. Uh, mm, you know, probably a couple of years ago. <laughs> 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 no, you know, I, I mean, I was... Oh. I was fortunate enough to, ah, you still hear that with the sustain. Ah, go in, come later. That was a, ah. um, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have a, a group of class clowns like myself uh, in elementary school and high school. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Not much has changed. I, I just kind of like cracking wise and making my friends laugh. <laughs> right uh and any any anything that i've done over my you know over my work and shit in, in uh show business um uh it's like the 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 stuff that i've really enjoyed in comedy you're making the people around you uh, laugh so at, at which point i started to make people around me laugh I yeah was like okay you know this is i could i i, I could see uh be, you know uh being the being sort of involved in it you know right i don't know uh, when when did you start doing impressions um i i actually was doing a benny hill impersonation when i was like when i was like three or four that was my first one <laughs> all right which was just like just a turn to camera just you know whatever he does and i was like and i would get a kick out of uh my my or my older brother and sister but hey look he does it and then after that it was really just on the schoolyard uh, in the school uh, you know like being in, in elementary school and doing mostly it was impersonations of you know stuff you'd seen on tv so a lot of it was wrestling like i used to like my i think one of my earliest impersonations was was jesse ventura because he was um he used to commentate wrestling with gorilla monsoon so he had these sayings like you know, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, monsoon. Uh, I'll give credit where credit is due. Uh, and I, but you know, I was like 10 going, you know, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, monsoon, you know, but that's me, that's me doing an impression of me at 10 doing an impression of Jesse Ventura. Thank you very much. Awesome. Wait. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, which one so, is that? <laughs> I think uh, that's a spinal tap. So, uh, 
what would uh yeah if you had to do a um a review of spinal tap as, as jesse ventura how would that look like <laughs> i'll give credit where credit is due this this <laughs> this movie hits this movie this movie explodes on the scene like a hand grenade monsoon and i would know because i was a navy seal i was a a frogman i can keep my i can hold my breath underwater for the for the first act of the movie which is hard to discern because it's a documentary that's uh, wild and rambling with a with a through line of a story mostly centering around the relationship between Nigel Tufnell and Dennis St. Hubbins. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what I think I see you a lot of times and I feel like you are you are loud. Do you do you turn yourself to eleven a lot? Yeah, I think the comedy, <laughs> the louder you get, the more people have to pay attention to you. Uh yeah. Actually going uh all the way up, all the way up, all across the board. <laughs> going to eleven, I think is important in comedy sometimes. Right. Um I also like to keep it very quiet, like Nigel Tufnell's Love Pump. Just, you know, simple notes intertwining mm -hmm. um, uh, on the piano. Sometimes I look at my, uh, my instrument as an actor, uh, <laughs> as a, a piano meant to play ballads, uh, you know, to give a yin to the yang of the loud comedy. Uh, when you put them all together, you have something, a masterpiece like Spinal Tap. Far be it for me to say that I've come anywhere close but you will continue to strive uh with with your instruments just like this <laughs> um yeah being loud is important in comedy being loud is important in comedy uh doing things in threes i've heard yeah. hard c sounds hard k sounds you know um uh it, it, and that's that's those are it, it's important to have those those guidelines first And why don't you do stand up? Why don't I do stand up? Yeah, like oh, you know, so funny. Oh, cheers. I appreciate it. You know, I, I don't know. I, I just never got into stand up at, at a at a point when you know, it, it's interesting. First of all, I should say I have a great respect for stand up. I grew up with a, a bunch of the, you know, classic comedy albums like Steve Martin Wild and Crazy Guy. We had mm -hmm. Gilda Live. Uh we had a bunch of um Uh, Robert Klein, Richard Pryor, George Carlin, um, Robin Williams. Uh, I ha we had the stuff, you know, and and I and I love that stuff. I think that I I was really really fascinated early with the illusion of you know TV, film, and 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 the like. So um, standing up in front of an audience and being the only um, the only one delivering the comedy is 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 was just not was just not, I don't know, it was just not my thing. And I think this is kind of a cheap answer, but it's true. It's like, you know, and then, you know, I moved down here. I'm from Canada and I moved down here. I'm in LA and then you're, you're, you're doing, I'm doing a sketch show, mad TV and doing other things. And pretty soon you're in your, your late twenties, you're turning 30 and you're like, I'm, I'm not going to just start, start, over. start, we'll, we'll start doing stand up. Um, uh, and you know, I'll be honest, I kind of feel like Well, maybe I should have, but uh, it, it's like I, I kind of felt like it was it would have been a cheap thing because I think that you know real stand up and finding your voice as a stand up is something that comes with being in the clubs, coming up from being the guy that has to 
you know, fit in where you can try right. to get stage time. And we all know if you, you know, fans of comedy out there, or if you do, if you do stand up, you, you know, you know, more than some actor like me that, that, uh, it's all about p applying your wares and honing your craft. And I think that's how you, I think, and I say, I think, cause I don't know, you know, you, you come up with a thing, find out who you are, find out what your voice is, find out what your sensibilities are, your sense of humor, what, you know, what you want to keep, what you want to leave behind. And I think that when actors get into it sideways or any other performer gets into stand up sideways, it's more of just a performance. Yeah. And so it didn't really, it never really appealed to me, uh, uh, like that because it wasn't really natural. Now I love goofing around and stuff. Right. I loved doing the sketch show that I did. I do podcasts and stuff. You know, I have a podcast and stuff like that where it's just silly willy nilly. I get to do whatever. And I love just goofing around like that. I would love to do more stuff live and on stage. Um, but I just kind of, I've never let go of the feeling and the thought that it would be a cop out to just be like, Hey, I mean, I'm I'm almost 50 years old. Be like, eh, right, right. Stand up now. My good pal Bobby Lee, whom you know very well. Yeah. I, you know, I met Bobby. It was his first year on Mad TV, and it was my last. And Bobby had been doing stand up for a number of years at that point. Um, and uh, as we became friends, he's like, "Why aren't you doing stand up?" And I would give him the same rap I'm giving you. And uh, he became disinterested with it. We, well, <laughs> you're an idiot. Yeah, you're right. a moron. You don't deserve to do stand up. Screw you. And then he just wouldn't, he was hard to get a hold of. Yeah. And you know that with Bobby, it's hard to get a hold. Of. He doesn't like to answer the phone. He doesn't like to. Definitely. He doesn't like to empty his voicemail. He doesn't <laughs> like to call you back. He doesn't like to yeah, uh, return texts. Particular character. For yeah. Sure. Super duper hard to get a hold of. But when we have talked about it, uh, he's one of my very few friends who are stand-ups and then stand-ups who have asked me about, right? you know. So let me say this, after rambling way too long, when all you asked was, why don't you do stand-up? This is the last thing I'd like to say about it. It's like, I, I, I would love to do more stuff on stage. I really just feel like, and I love doing it. Anytime, I just did a live show with my podcast, What a Gas. And we did it in a comedy club. Yeah. We were down at Brea. And uh, our people, you know, our incredible audience of, of our podcast, of Dudesy, this show that we do. Yeah. Uh, they showed up. We sold the place out. You know, it was loose. You get to kind of, you know, here's the. Yeah, get the reaction. Yeah. All that. I loved it. I yeah. loved it. I would love to do more things. And not to sound like a real comedy nerd, but I've talked to other people who are like, <laughs> you know, I know people who were in sketch shows and stuff. And they go, well, I don't do straight stand up. I do. I, I do some stand-up, I do uh, a monologue, and then I do uh, a weird song, and then I do some crowd work, and then I do another monologue, and then I do a character. And that sounds appealing, but uh, I don't know. I guess yeah. I'm busy. Yeah, no, <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah, because after hanging out with Andrew and Bobby all the time, I think like they have you stand-up. They, I think they love the direct, you know, the energy you get yeah. on stage, but I feel like they have leveraged that into basically go where you are movies and tv and yeah i mean and yeah with it, different skill i guess yeah well i mean they're they're they're, they're they're they are they're completely different one is is just there's the the currency of laughter that i think that uh um it, it that most comedians just sort of base everything on like it's not funny <laughs> if people don't laugh well, 
Now that sounds stupid to say out loud, but I really feel like it can be hilarious even if people don't laugh. That right. you know, I don't know. That's what I think. Um, yeah, making a movie also you're not laughing all the time, and sometimes no. the joke doesn't work until you cut it together, right? And all right. of that. Right, and and sometimes yeah. you're working with a small group of people that you're trying to bounce stuff off of, and other times you're like, I know this is funny, I don't care, right? And you're shooting it over everyone's heads. Uh, and in stand up, you're gonna have a a bad. Uh, truly, you're going to have a bad evening on paper if people aren't laughing. Now, you can be that comedian who's like, oh, I don't care. Okay. They didn't get it. But then, well, come on. What, though, they all showed up. Everyone paid, you know, uh, 25 bucks to see you and right. have a couple drinks and have a good time. That's what they're there for. So, uh, you know, for me to be like, I, I you know, because I am one of those people who's like, oh, I want to do something weird. I don't want people to know necessarily what they're what they're in for um and in comedy you you should uh, people should know what they're in for they should at least uh they should at least uh, 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 uh they should at least know that they're <laughs> they're going to a comedy club to laugh right right no yeah, I totally i don't know i really don't okay so <laughs> let me go back to so spinal top comes up like you say 1984 you're you're eight yeah or nine and I haven't, uh, let me. Is this, here, yeah, may let, I? Yes, absolutely. Here, I'll hand you that. I don't want to be the guy in the, um, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy at the party who's holding a guitar. <laughs> and you're like, oh, please don't, that's please don't play that like, guitar. Yeah. He could always go to the guitar. Don't. <laughs> hey, I'll go to the bank machine right now and give you $300 <laughs> if you stop playing that this guitar at the party. Where everyone's trying to enjoy the party, <laughs> right? And you're making it about you. No, we love your 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 guitar playing right. here. <laughs> hey guys, you know I'm fancy. I wear shirts, color shirts, and and dressy pants, and I'm so blessed to be uh, sponsored by Ron. Ron is beautiful, comfortable, elastic, feels good. As you guys know, I wear color shirts. If you've been listening to our other podcast, you know that I iron my shirts every day. And not anymore. Because with Ron, I can look sharp, elegant. I can use it in, you know, more dressy or, or dress down. And it always looks good. It's elastic, flexible. And above all, it's wrinkle-free. I don't have to use the iron anymore. So it's amazing. I feel uh, I feel I found my... my American style with with Ron and with Gulf Fusion an anti-odor technology you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long and on top of that Ron is a hundred percent machine washable so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether Ron is amazing I said it before I now wear it every day it's fun I can wear it with uh sneakers and be more dre dressed down I can wear it with like dress shoes and go to like an opera. Um, we have exclusive offer for our listeners and our viewers. If you go to uh, ron.com slash SOS and use code SOS for 20% off of the entire order. That's R-H-O-N-E dot com slash SOS and use code SOS for 20% off of your entire order. Ron, it's time to find your office comfort. But well, I I tried to do a you know a diff that down on you like research you and I couldn't find much about your upbringing in Canada. Uh, okay. So 
how was it? How was the, uh, growing up in Canada? How was like, you know, what was your origin story, I guess? It's pretty much almost like uh, growing up in America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's in Canada. So there's some <laughs> different stuff. You get to watch different TV. Uh, Kids in the Hall was on the CBC, not HBO. So we didn't get to hear the swear words. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my my parents are from Italy. Uh, they're Italian Im- immigrants and they immigrated to Canada in the 60s. Uh, my brother and sister were uh, a toddler and an infant. And then I came along 10 years later in the 70s. And uh, growing up in Canada in the area that I did, it was just outside of Vancouver in the suburbs. Uh, I like to call it a, you know, a farming fishing village of Ladner, British Columbia. <laughs> it was, it was quite idyllic. I'm very fortunate. It was a, it was a true middle class, this town, a few nice out, few rich people, but you know, it was just sort of, um, my old man was a, was a waiter and a maitre d' at Hotel Vancouver, which was, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in Vancouver, about 30 minutes away, 25 minutes. And, um, and, uh, yeah, you know, mom, mom was, uh. You know, it was an Italian stay-at-home mom. The house was always uh, filled with music and and loudness, which was what made it funny. My mom is hilarious. <laughs> my dad, my old man, is was was uh, he was really a very stoic man and uh, would do things like like I used to like when I was in my uh, when I was when I was on the sketch show Mad TV years ago. I was you know anyway I would go home and visit them. And I would be like, hey, dad, who am I, who am I pretending to be here? He's like, I don't know. You know, you're the guy, you know, the funny guy. I don't know. I don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, is that, yeah, you know, you sing and make a funny joke. You've got a glasses. I'm like, I'm Randy Newman. Do you know who that? No, I don't know. It's like, who's this? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You are a Bill Clinton. Yeah, but, yeah, that's funny. My mom, my mom lo- would love to laugh at anything. Uh, one of my joys in life was watching her watching America's Funniest Home Videos because anyone falls down. Right. <laughs> so uh, she was a wonderful audience. And uh, yeah, growing up in, in, in Ladner uh, and in Canada was was great. You know, Canada socially is, is a, a country that I feel like is very um, satirical. Um, you know, we... we <laughs> there's a lot of things socially about the country that are very different than, than the United States and, and other parts of the world where a weird mix of American and sort of our UK Commonwealth, Mm -hmm. uh, ties and, and origins. So, uh, you know, I think that's why there's a lot of, uh, comedy people coming out of Canada and growing up there, it was like, really, it was that it was the currency. And I use that term like, to be funny and and to make your friends laugh and and uh you know stuff like that it was but it was a it was a wonderful i was i'm very fortunate where i grew up and uh when what's what was your i guess big break how did you start it uh acting well i was always interested in it and i knew i wanted to be an actor since before i was conscious of it like when i was you know five years old i was like that's what i'm gonna do and then I booked my first part when I was 16 uh, on a Canadian TV show. And I did three episodes of that. And then I was so fortunate to, and that was like a summer job. Like I, I remember, um, I guess it was the at the end of the ninth or 10th grade or something. And then, and I did three episodes of the show and then, you know, and then I got the next gig and the next gig. And 
I just, you know, nobody's figured out that I have no talent yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Were your Where's parents, guitar? Your huh? parents supportive of this career or, or like yeah. seeing you doing all of that, were they okay with it? Or because a lot of immigrant parents are yeah. like, oh, go to college, do this. Right. Well, yeah, it was, it was definitely like, you know, they're part of their, they're, they're in the new world and they're like, what are we doing here? And what's our kid doing? Uh, my, uh, let me give my parents a lot of credit. They really were like, if you love something and you work hard, what the heck are we going to have to say about it? My old man was an adventurer. That guy was like, he was like, uh, you know, he's in the Navy and stuff going here and there, learning how to speak English in the bottom of a boat at night via correspondence, getting to a port, trading the books in. He He didn't really, you know, He was a very passionate, hardworking guy. My mom is the toughest person I've ever known. Passionate, hardworking, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, really free thinking weirdos who were like, you do what you want, you better work hard. And no, they never told, you know, there was no family business to be, you know, like you're going to come here and work here. Right. You're going to work at the family firm. You're going to be a doctor, a lawyer. There was none of that. My brother and sister and I are all in very different uh, avenues uh, professionally. And so uh, I, gotta, I have to give them a lot of credit. Part of that also is I think when you're an immigrant, you have no idea what this new world is. Mm -hmm. is uh, where are you from originally, if you don't Spain. mind me asking? From Spain. Super. Right. Um, you, you folks in your family out there? Yeah. yeah? Everybody's back home. Yeah. And, and I would imagine they're not going to tell you a whole lot about what you're doing here. They're just going to ask questions. Right. I don't show them what I'm doing here. Okay. That's probably <laughs> good. You know, I, I, f I feel that way. Yeah. I, I, I feel that way too. Like where it's like they couldn't, I mean, on my, once I started working and stuff, my parents were like, I, I don't know what he's, I don't know what he's doing. Right. You know, and you, you kind of explain it to them and. You know, my mom, I remember one time, my mom would always say, tell me some, you know, I'm, I'm down here. And she would always say, tell me some good news. And I go, well, mom, the good news is I have a roof over my head. And I'm, you know, like you don't just get good news all the time in, in, right. in the business. But I'm, you know, the bills are paid and I'm so fortunate to, you know, be in this business and stuff. Yeah, yeah, tell me some good news. And then I remember one time I had some good news, right? I just, this thing we were going to do. And I was like, oh, well, mom, this and that. We, now we're doing this thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you eat? You know, today? <laughs> so my parents love me for me. Right. And, and uh, they're wonderful people. And they don't, they can't really, they don't really understand. I love telling them about it because you get their sort of, you know, these are, these are people who my parents grew up during World War II. And they have uh, a point of view that that I could never have. So when they give you this real, like, base uh, level of, of, of advice and understanding, there are things that are just completely invaluable to me that they've, that they've told me. So I always liked telling them about it. Yeah. So I could get their take on it because I value their take. But I was, I was fortunately extremely free to go... I don't know. I'm going to be an actor. Then right. I book a thing and a thing. And then I'm on a series <laughs> in Canada as a teenager. I was doing this like dramatic series for a number of years that was like, I always I describe it as sort of like, a, you know, I don't know. It was sort of like a, it was called Madison and it was like a, uh, like a Degrassi kind of show. Mm -hmm. and 
It was sort of like my so-called life where we're dealing with these kids' lives at home and at school and this and that. And, and, uh, and then, I was, you know, I started working on some American stuff and then started coming out here to L.A. And then the, the further it went, the less my parents could, would understand about any of it. Right. And how was, how was that transition to the U.S.? It was fine. Yeah. When, uh, <laughs> I, I saw you on a Doctor Who um, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I did a Doctor Who TV movie. TV movie. Yeah. Uh, just before Mad TV. Yeah, yeah, that's like right. 97. Yeah, yeah. Something I like think that. that came out. I think that came out in 96 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think I, I read the reviews of that show and made me think, um, what was the worst uh, review you, you ever had or uh, any uh, funny insults that people uh, gave you because of war? Like, like your, your, I guess, shit sandwich of... My shit Final, sandwich, yeah. which is the best review. You can't print that. Where did you? Where did they print that? You can't print that. Um, my shit sandwich. I've had so many uh, shit sandwiches. I try not to read any. Uh, try not to read reviews of things. Mm -hmm. Having said that, most of the time I'm so far down the the call sheet that I no one's dealing with my performance anyway. So even if I read something, I go, eh, look, you guys. Uh, They really hate what you did. <laughs> right. I'm never going to know what they, whether they cared for what I did or not, because mm -hmm. I'm the, you know, Pete the Morgan intern. I'm the, yeah, I'm the Morgan turn, or, <laughs> yeah. or you know, I'm the one of the two friends who's like, hey, you know what you should do, and uh, there's really no way to review someone who's like, I got an idea, you should do this. <laughs> That's my character from a lot of things, um, but yeah, I read I. I don't know. I don't mind reading reviews. The worst, the worst review. I, I, I mean, just they're just you know they're just. I don't know. I, they don't really stick to me because I don't mind it because I'm like, a lot of the times I'm like, yeah, that was shitty. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. It was shitty. It never affected you to like keep going and all that. No, because right. I, to me, it's like. Wow, I'm work if I'm working on something that's like I think this is hilarious. I can't believe I got to be a part of this thing that is so great. Then I'm like I don't care what anyone thinks, but a lot of the times you're working on stuff that sucks and you're like, "No, I know. I know it's bad." So I don't read it going, "Why you?" and then obsess over it. I just kind of agree and go, "Yeah, it was terrible." Yeah, I know. What the fuck <laughs> Right. What's wrong with you? This is show business. Ninety percent of everything sucks. What do you mean? Right. So you, you feel like fortunate things. that okay, I get opportunity to keep working. That's absolutely you know, who has that. And then you yeah. know, yeah. And then every once in a while, there's Breaking Bad, and we can all agree on it and go, "I wasn't in Breaking Bad," <laughs> and then go like, "That is incredible! Wow, that's like the best show." And everyone else thinks so because it's great. Yeah. So then you know, people aren't going to give it any bad reviews, and. It, You're gonna if you bother to read a, a review of Breaking Bad, you're not going to remember that either, because it's like, yeah, it's great. Well, no, I know it's great. I know it's great. Right. This is me holding a tablet for a magazine. <laughs> by the way. I like I do a lot of mime work, um, you know, because of improv. Um, and now you go, yeah, yeah, this is really, really good. I know, and then you completely forget about it. So for me to read something, and go that was shit, and Will Sasso wasn't funny. I go, yeah, I know. Yeah, I knew when we were making it. I knew this was terrible. It's fine. Cool. Keep yeah. going. All right. So if, if Rob Reiner was gonna, you know, make a documentary about your life, what would that look like? 
Uh, it would be a very boring documentary. <laughs> I understand that there's a four-hour version of Spinal Tap somewhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, this would be, you know, the director's cut, Mr. Reiner's director's cut of uh, of uh, Sasso Tap <laughs> would be, you know, be around 20, 25 minutes. And it would just be me and my wife kind of, you know, waking up, having coffee, hanging out with the dogs and stuff. And then... And then me kind of, you know, hanging out, be like, oh, me and my good pal Chad Colchin doing the Dudesy podcast, mm-hmm. pod show, as we like to call it. And, uh, you know, and it's down there and he'd be like, well, there's no, there's two guys sitting in a chair, not unlike this. It's taking care of itself. Not much to shoot there. Now, what are you doing? Now I'm going to the grocery store. I'm buying some, you know, rapini, bunch of vegetables. Uh, now what's that Italian kid <laughs> sitting on the toilet too much? And uh, he finally took a shower and made his way downstairs. Um, uh, so, how do you remember how you got like Mad TV? And yeah. was that your biggest like break at that point? Um, yeah, Mad TV was yeah, it was my biggest break at that point. Um, probably the probably still, you know. <laughs> uh, if you get one kind of break or whatever, yeah, good enough. Um, uh, and then you kind of get to. Uh, uh, you know, everyone has very, very lofty goals in this business, most people. And then, uh, you know, uh, hopefully you're, you're, you're kind of, there's a nice, hopefully you're keeping a consistent sort of, I can't believe I do this for a living. Right. Kind of attitude. Yes. Uh, that should carry you <laughs> in gratitude <laughs> until the business really kicks you out. And when you're auditioning for things, Like Mad TV, where they're yeah. super precious about, we're going to have you, we like you, we like your characters, we like your impersonations and your your bits, we like the way you, you do uh, written material. It's like, you know, it's like shooting an arrow through a bunch of spinning rings. Yeah. It, it's a lot of it is just happenstance. Who's in the room? What producers want what? What executives are like, you know, like, yeah, it's the, he's good. I don't like his nose. Yeah, forget him. Let's go. How about this guy? Okay. Right. Have no idea what it's about. Like, but did you have a feeling of, like, I made it in Hollywood when I, I got the yeah. show? Yeah. I mean, I was 22 years old and I was blown away. Right. Immediately. I get really neurotic and anxious <laughs> about it. And I want to make sure that I'm doing a good job. When I was a little kid and or a teenager or whatever, and I started working in the business, I was like, My first, you know, I didn't sleep the night before because it was like Christmas. Uh, but I was looking in the mirror doing the stuff over and over and over and over again because I'm like, you're not going to catch me slipping. I'm going to deliver this stuff and everyone's going to go like, he's good. He can do this and he can do it again. Uh, and at Mad TV, I was really, uh, <laughs> really diligent about you know, wanting to do a good job. I was quite meticulous and, and annoying about, uh, wanting, things to, yeah, just yeah. wanting things to be, uh, perfect. Right. And yeah. they never, they never are. So, uh, that's something about me where it's like it, when I can afford to, and when people aren't like, okay, that's enough, like stop. Well, um, it, you know, just, we, we got to move on. I really like to make things as, as good as they can be. So, I wasn't really like, oh, I made it. I was like, this show's going off the air, because uh, older uh, uh, the the, uh, the or the the senior cast, not older, but, you know, like the the people who were there already, 
were like, oh, this thing's getting canceled. Like, we, what? You guys are new? There's a new cast? It's like, they're like, you know, it's not going to last. And then we all were like, holy shit, we got picked up for another year. Oh, and now another one. Season five, we felt pretty good. We're like, all right. Well, it looks like it'll stick around. And it did for like 14 seasons. They never should have canceled it. They did for dumb reasons. That show could still be going. Right. Uh, but for me, I didn't look at it so much as like, this is, and I didn't know then that, that people had a connection to the show that, you know, years later people go like, oh yeah, I, I grew up watching that show. For me in that moment, I was like, I'll get some good tape for my demo reel from this. I better knock everything I can out of the park. Uh, so anyway, but that's just me. Uh, what was your goal? I, I saw the Arnold Schwarzenegger goal um, documentary, and, and he said something like, oh, I didn't want to be an actor. I wanted, always wanted to be a movie star. That was my goal, and that's you know that's what I want. I don't want any parts that are not like, I want to be the leading man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you have like goals like that? Like no. What, any, any, <laughs> no? No, I mean, I don't look at it that way. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is, 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 Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So, uh, but also it's like that guy is, he, he Arnold Schwarzenegger is not going to, you know, play Elaine's boyfriend on Seinfeld. <laughs> he's going to be a, a massive movie. Star. This is Mr. Olympia. Right. And he's a, an incredibly enigmatic character, a person that has a thick Austrian accent and we've all accepted as an American uh, action hero. I haven't right. seen the documentary, but I want to. And, yeah. you know, that's, That is the attitude that, that someone who is, he's already bigger than life. I, I'm an actor. I always wanted to, you know, it's a team sport. You kind of, you fit in where you can. Right. Um, of course, when I was younger, I had these uh, goals of like being mentioned among some of my idols and, and uh, you know, getting to be the, the, the lead of a movie. Who were those idols? Who, who oh, for wanna... me, it was, I mean, it was a very predictable list from, the stuff that I, I grew up watching, you know, John Candy, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, mm -hmm. Hilda Radner. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, all the comedy heroes, all yeah. my comedy heroes, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, Billy Crystal, all the, all the Saturday Night Live people on through to, you know, Chris Farley, Mike Myers, Adam Sandler, and all the, the newer ones and, and, and Dana Carvey and, 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 uh, I mean, <laughs> the, the, there's the, Eugene Levy, John Cleese, Eric Idle, Jane Curtin. I mean, the, everyone from Saturday Night Live, right. Monty Python, and, and SCTV. Andrea Martin, <laughs> Rick Moranis, Martin Short. Yeah. All of them. All of them. Dave Thomas. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... What happens, like, you know, like, if your goal is to be like, like them, and then, I mean, obviously, this industry... Talent is one element on among millions of other elements to Catherine O'Hara to, <laughs> to, to crystallize into a career. You know that like you have to have a lot of luck, a lot of like people around you, um, and it can happen at any time, right? You mentioned Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. He was like 50 yeah. when he got that, or 55 when he got that role. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what happens in terms of your disappointments, or like, how do you deal with that? Like, oh, I'm, am I ever gonna be like John Cleese or? Right. Uh, Uh, I deal with them poorly. <laughs> yeah, you do? Yeah, I think that uh, a lot of people do. I mean, it's hard. You got to learn yeah. to just put it between a couple slices of bread and eat it. 
my wonderful yeah, manager. Small, small Brad. Uh, and if, if you, you keep folding it and look in here, <laughs> yeah. there's you know there's no one, and then in here there's a little guy. So it's a complete catastrophe, and I wouldn't. I, no, no, no. Well, I want you to. I don't want it to affect the show. No, no, no. I'll rise above it. And if you keep folding, <laughs> right? No, but you should just fold the meat. Yeah, but I didn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't eat this. Would you? Would you be seen holding? No, I wouldn't want to eat. That. Right. I wouldn't want to. Eat that. No. Okay. So A, exhibit A. Moving on. Um, <laughs> no, you know, I I feel like I feel like uh, uh, you know de people deal with rejection in different ways. Yeah. I've seen people deal with it so well, and I envy them. Uh, you know, my manager always she's all, she's got this attitude of like on to the next. So I'm I'm I've very fortunately. Uh, been the actor and 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 the young actor when I was a younger dude to be like you go to the audition I mean I'll go to an audition and uh, on the way out I would just toss my sides in the in the garbage or like I never kept held on to them like well if I get a call back I won't have to print it out again no I don't know get it's gone I don't know you know but you still kind of call and go so wait what happened did they make any decisions there and I will say I've gotten good over the years of like, yeah, no, honey, it went a different way. They went with so-and-so. And I go, oh, yeah, he's good. You know, I love losing roles to some people. <laughs> there are some people that uh, that I love losing a role to. Anytime I've lost a role to Dave Keckner, I'm like, how do you not how do you not hire Dave Keckner? And he's got like, what, four or five kids or something? I don't know. Right. I don't know. You know, love <laughs> yeah. Dave. Yeah. Mm, that's good. You know, who do, who do they? The Rob Corddry. Yeah, great. Great. Love Rob. Uh, can't argue with that. So, um, uh, you know, that's, that is, uh, well, they went with Ethan Suplee. Love Ethan. He's good. He's a pal. Any particular role that you thought it was yours and then it, it, it disappeared? Uh, oh, sure. I've even, I've had roles where it's like, I've, I've done everything but sign the contract, which you're usually kind of here's the thing. And on your first day, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can start paperwork and stuff. I've had the roles where it's like, yeah, it's yours. It's offered blah, blah, blah. And then literally someone else gets involved and goes, why him? It should be this guy. I used to get that a lot with like, like, uh, there were like Saturday night live, uh, people, you know, that, that like, uh, projects that are more that ilk than it's like, well, we're not going to have the mad TV back when I was just fresh off the show. Mm -hmm. uh, there are sort of like, it's like, no, 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 just get this guy. So it's like, eh, eh. but I thought eh, we, I already, you said you already offered it. You fucking prick. You right. Know, what are you talking about? It was all, I, I, you know, I, you already, uh, you, 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 uh, you booked my travel. <laughs> what the fuck is going on now? So-and-so is doing it. And then you meet them later and you're like, Hey, you're a nice guy. Right. No, but you. It looks like even if you had a hard time, like that, you have the attitude to deal it, to deal with it right, the right way, right? Because if not, you can keep doing it for so many years. Well, that's kind of you to say, but no, I have a horrible attitude about a lot of this shit. <laughs> I literally, I mean, look, we're all, you know, when you're creative, it doesn't even matter if you're creative. You're in any fucking business, in any industry, and I'm talking about capitalism on the whole. <laughs> if you don't, it's fuck or walk. You know what I mean, Andres? <laughs> you gotta get them to sign on the line that is dotted. Uh, coffee is for closers. And, you know, when you come up short, you can do a lot of damage to yourself up in your head. 
you got to get that out of your head. You got to get it out of your heart. You got to move on and you have to be grateful for the stuff that you are doing. Even if you're creating your own thing, look at this shit. This is awesome. <laughs> and you're doing this. Now I know that Andres, you're probably like, I don't want to be here in a fucking wig and these shiny pants doing this. I love it. But I, I'm not going to tell George that I don't want to, I, right. I really think this is a terrible idea. Yeah. And what I should be doing is this, even though you're probably responsible for most of it, <laughs> but you're going to stick it out for a while. You're like, the sand was a shitty idea. My feet are itchy. I can't itch my feet or go wash them in the middle of this thing. Will's here. And I really want to, I can't wait till I'm fucking done with this so I can go home and do you have pets? I do. What do you have? I have a Bichon Frise, uh, a, a dog. Oh, a Bichon. dog? A B Bichon? Bichon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go like home a... and play with your dog and, yeah. and wash your feet. Exactly. Um, uh, <laughs> there, there, if, you, if you allow yourself, there's a bunch of other things you could have done, a bunch of other lefts you could have taken when you, sh when you went right, zigs and zags, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, forks in the road. And, uh, you know, I try not to beat myself up at this point. I've been doing this for over 30 years now. I'm very fortunate. And, uh, I, I, I can, I can honestly say that it's like big things will come and go. And I'm like, I don't fucking care because most of this is an illusion. And some people have actually made a good case for us being a <laughs> computer, uh, simulation. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, so Sp Spinal Tab has like this couple uh, that is pretty uh, remarkable. Do you have a, a Nigel in your life or like even as, as, as I know in your podcast, you do have a partner like, yeah. you know, analogy to, to your David, I guess. But growing yeah. growing in the business, do you always had someone to uh, bounce ideas off? Or, uh, well, was the, yeah, yeah, I've had a lot of people that I that whose opinions I really respect Alex Borstein is someone I was on mad TV with, uh, who, you know, I've worked with since Nicole Sullivan, uh, you know, someone that, you know, Nicole and I were working on a series like a little over 10 years ago where we just happened to be cast as the married couple, uh, in this thing. We were a couple of characters in the show and that was a luxury because, you know, Nicole and I know each other's timing so well from doing a bunch of mad TV stuff where mm -hmm. we're going from sketch to sketch to sketch. And then doing this, it was, I, we, we said it was like, well, it's like we're a brother sister juggling team from Russia or something. We were like, <laughs> like never missing a beat, you know, just like we could, if I, if I left a space for her in rehearsal like this big and she, puts some ad lib in there or whatever or says her line like right in here i go oh she's gonna do that every time and then we don't even talk about it and we just keep doing it the same way mm -hmm. um it's a luxury to have people like that who know your sensibility so that you can go hey nikki should i now do that okay um alex borstein is one of those people my good pal chad Colchin, with whom i do uh the dudes at pod yeah. show. uh we've known each other for almost 20 years he's a writer you know TV shows, movies, and books, and uh, we've written together. We've d done a bit of stuff here and there, and um, it's it's really great uh, working with Chad now in this capacity. Where and if you've seen the, if you haven't seen the show, you really should, dudesy. It's the first and only podcast that's uh, I would say driven by AI, uh, but I always say on the show that we are the podcast that uh, we're two dudes shitting around. 
which is every podcast, even if it's three women or two guys and a gal. It every podcast is just two dudes shitting around, uh, and so or even if it's one person, um, uh, uh, and uh, it, it's great working with him in the capacity that I do because I know him so well, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> you know things that I'll say or do, I'll know whether he thinks they're funny or not. A lot of times if he doesn't think they're funny, that makes me think they're even funnier. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been very fortunate to have Those some creative friends yeah. that are performers, writers, or both, uh, to whom I can go and say, what do you think of this? And they give you the straight shit, and, uh, and, and you can take that to the bank, you know? And how, how did you... I guess take a little turn to be a podcaster since like, I mean, I know a lot of the comedians found like a, an outlet there, you know, Bobby and Andrew definitely. Yeah. Uh, how did that happen for you and, and Chad? I, I was, I was, well, I did a podcast years ago called the 10 minute podcast Yeah. that I, you know, that we sort of started out of nowhere and I was like, Oh, this would be funny. And, and, and it lasted for years through a couple iterations and, and, uh, you know, you know, different, different pals and stuff. And, uh, and I really fell in love with how silly you could be, that you could just be completely fucking irreverent. And with that show, I was actually, uh, I actually used to, I was very hands-on. I would edit the, there wasn't much editing. It was called 10 minute podcast, which is roll for 10 minutes and thing. But over the years that we did it, I started doing weird, weird stuff there would be sound effects and you know there would be some weird, very weird concepts entire episodes that were themed that were like you know where it's not the show it's something completely different um later later i started doing it with my with my good pal tommy blacha and chad Culchin joined up and and uh then we were doing things like tommy and i were doing we did this one bit called Pete Sechelowski's Wrestle Place, where it's like a, it's a wrestling, it's just, you know, talking about wrestling. Here's my top three uh, tag teams of all time, the Road Warriors, the Dudley Boys. And, th- and some guy would keep calling in. He's like, hey, uh, Pete, this is Jerry Wozniak calling from uh, Dearborn, Michigan. And it was always Tommy. And, you know, I throw a little effect on that. And then Tommy was also my, uh, Pete Sechelowski's, like, wife or girlfriend who's upstairs so which would just mean tommy turning away from the camera going hey what well, babe i'm doing my podcast like he's down in a, a, a basement so did you find my dad you got my you got my vegan pops no i don't have your vegan pops i'm trying to she's always looking for a snack and then his chair breaks because he's fat i guess you know because he's a wrestling fan huh he's in sweatpants and i'm doing this which i guess is a fat voice i'm fat i don't have a weird fat guy voice and uh I was, I would, you know, I would make the, the episodes and do the thing. Here's the fucking, I delighted in making a chair break, chair breaking sound. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, here's a plate and a dish falling off the table. And those are the things that you keep your mind on when you didn't get that part. Uh-huh. Uh, Is that like how you got into the vine thing too? Like it's like those creative outlets and how yeah. do you come up with that lemon thing? Like, oh, like lemon everywhere. Thing. Well, vine, when vine started, I was yeah. like, Yes. Because this is a visual medium. I love that. You know, I never liked Twitter. I, I fucking never really liked Twitter. I liked uh, when Twitter was jokey and fun and everyone was just kind of doing... I mean, now I don't even know what it is anymore. Right. But, uh, and neither does it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, back then it was like um, 
you know, yeah, there's a lot of funny stuff on Twitter and stuff, but they didn't have video. They just barely had pictures. And then Vine comes along. You're in app editing this thing. And I was like, well, this is a goofy little sketch show at the end of your arm. You can do all this weird stuff, dumb things that I'd fart out that I'm like, these don't fit anywhere. I don't have anything that I'm making that where I can put this. I'm not on a sketch show or, you know, any ideas that I have or things that I'm working on that are doomed. Yeah. It's like, I'm not putting it here or there. See how I know, notice how I said the things that I'm working on that are doomed. So that's the jaded thing I was telling you about. Right. But it's fine. Um, it truly is. And so I loved Vine for that reason. And um, I, uh, the lemon thing was like, I really, I was like, oh yeah, everyone's doing stop motion animation for some reason. They're like, and moving the, here's a, oh, here's a fun, here's a toy car going around my plated fucking spaghetti. The move it and i'm like you you're a grown adult doing that i'll really embarrass myself let me do something that's so absolutely childish and has people in the business going i don't think i ever want to hire that guy again he's not a serious person uh and i looked in my fridge i was look. i was thinking like what if i'm just sitting here watching tv and something came out of my mouth and i think there was like you know this is before I, this is years and years before I met my wife. So the, the fridge like had some mustard and probably a half eaten rotisserie chicken. And there were lemons in there cause I'm Italian, you know, so you need lemons. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, freshen up a, any slice of pizza or anything. So, uh, I was like, oh, it'd be funny. And then I cut the thing in half and squeeze the juice out and put it behind my tongue. Oh, it's coming out of my mouth. And then a quick edit. Oh, now the whole thing. And then later I put like water in my mouth and it's really silly. And then people liked it. And then people still call me the lemon guy sometimes. And I go, shut the fuck up. I do more shit than that. I said, come here, motherfucker. I just got out of a fucking interview with Andres. And we were talking about shit like this. And this is just me like, you know, this will be me at the at the subway. Right. You know, yeah. Just a little while from now. Hey, weren't you the lemon? Come here, motherfucker. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Chad Culkin and I wrote that went absolutely fucking nowhere. Where am I going to put the lemon thing in that? Calm down. I thought you were great on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> it was mad TV, you son of a Right. Were you on Living Color? before. <laughs> and, I mean, you, you uh, and Chad play with this AI concept from the from the very beginning like now AI is everywhere I feel like there's you know there's the writer strike what do you think like I mean you did the kind of get a little bit in trouble with Tom Brady with yeah your... that's right Tom Brady uh <laughs> threatened to sue us yes uh, well, look our AI shit out a one-hour special of Tom Brady stand-up comedy <laughs> right uh called it's too easy <laughs> <laughs> where and it literally sounded like tom brady yeah it's and he's like pretty funny yeah and and uh and then we got in trouble uh for it and literally on the uh cease and desist letter that we ignored uh <laughs> it said <laughs> it said th these are the people this is the these are the entities that tom brady uh, uh and, and his reps are <laughs> going to go after it was named in the potential lawsuit will sasso chad culchin and dudesy because Dudesy is is the AI that did this shit. No, it wasn't right. me. Right. And so it spat out this one-hour special of stand-up comedy that is more like a three-hour special because the AI Tom Brady, who isn't Tom Brady, never took a breath. 
is like, hey, folks, what's going on? I'm on the apps now. <laughs> right. You know, uh, you know, women are. Uh, but like uh, w uh, one woman said, are you really Tom Brady? I said, yes, I am. She goes, prove it. So I went over to her house and let some air out of all of her footballs. <laughs> hey, folks, these are just jokes. Uh, the, the, what was the, what was the, the one? It did this one joke that was so funny about Amber Heard. He was talking about Amber Heard and shitting in the bed. And right. Everyone was obsessed with Amber Heard shitting in the bed. I wanted to try it myself. So I went back to the Bucks for one more season. Folks, these are jokes. Um, uh, and then we almost got sued. But yeah, Dudesy does whatever the fuck Dudesy wants. We do this thing on the show where uh, Dudesy calls it Cine Cinema. It's like s s uh, synchronized cinema. It's basically, you know, you watch Wizard of Oz and you listen to Dark Side of the Moon. So it's had the, us do this thing twice. The first time it did it, it had, we watched the movie Blade starring Wesley Snipes. <laughs> and we listened to Madonna's first three albums. Uh, and it synced up pretty perfectly at different points. We just did it again with the movie Krull uh, from whatever that was, 1983 or something. Yeah. And uh, two Nine Inch Nails al albums, The Downward Spiral and uh, Pretty Hate Machine. And it did it ever line up here and there. And Bladonna, we call the other one Bladonna. <laughs> and this one is the, uh, the, the Downward Spy Krull. <laughs> See what I did? Uh, and, and, but Krull is a movie that I've never, I've never seen Krull. So we watched it. Chad and I, and we put this on our Patreon, like we want, and you know, get stoned and watch it. Yeah, and uh, and it's a lot of fun. But I'm watching Crawl going. This is art. No one's, no AI can duplicate this shit. Me personally, I haven't seen Avatar. I the new Avatar. Yeah, I saw the other one. I'm like, I get it. It's just not for me. But if you have practical. Uh, special effects from 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I'm like, oh, that's interesting to me because the the art is almost dictated by what is possible and what isn't possible. The same thing, you know, so many of these movies, it's like, and you look at, or Benicio Del Toro is doing, uh, no, not Benicio. Guillermo? Guillermo Del Toro. Benicio Del Toro. Guillermo Del Toro is doing Pinocchio completely practical slow motion and it yeah. takes forever and and it's like take it or leave it you don't have to see it but there's nothing like it uh because it, it is you know there's something to be said for you know creating things literally soup to nuts as opposed to just putting it into some yeah the physical chat gpt so yeah i don't think that people are going to be like super impressed by uh AI as it continues, it's going to have to die off in sort of the. I say parts of it are going to stick around. Yeah, it's going to be just another tool. Maybe it's going to be a tool. Right. And I always say that AI should be a tool. And I say that dudes and I shit on dudesy, and then dudesy punishes me with things <laughs> because it understands. Uh, uh, you know, it understands our relationship. I think right. <laughs> it's changed over the past year and a bit, but. Um, I I see that that it, that that AI should be a tool, and it should be under the control of human beings <laughs> right. because it is a tool. And I also like to say on Dudesy, if AI doesn't comply, we should pour water on it. Right. And then yeah, that's the end of that. Got it. Yeah. Um. All right. So you know, as Spinal Tap goes through many drummers, 
through its career, you know, it looks like they they just disappear or they they yeah. get killed. Yeah. Uh, do you have a lot of like you know people in 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 your life that have been disappearing like that, creative people or or not? Do you keep? Uh, are you loyal to your people? Oh, you mean not that have like spontaneously combust? I mean, or or if they yeah, if or you had have experienced that too, gardening but... accident, <laughs> right? Um, like Joe Stumpy Pete, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, people disappear all the time. I mean, you know, it's hard. Show business is weird because you work with people for a short amount of time relatively and you're like, I love you. You are the best. I love working with you. See you later. Never seeing right. you again. We don't have anything to work on anymore. Um, so there's a high turnaround of people that are that are that that you love working with, that you find to be brilliant, and, and then uh, you're not working together anymore. Uh, yeah. Someone just texted me the other day i was like you know oh my god i loved working with this guy He's great great guy and then we share a couple texts have a laugh and you know i don't know we'll right hear from him in another two or three years or vice versa yeah uh yeah people disappear all the time <laughs> for all sorts of reasons and then another spinal tap question related question so yeah you you mentioned i mean you when you summarized it i think you did a great job of like it is a satire over you know about the business the, the band touring all of that but at the same time it's a very realistic i think uh portrait of how that works do you how would you see the 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 world of comedy you know do you think that is a lot of things to be to make fun of uh, yeah. in the world of comedy. Yeah, there what still a, is. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like, look, culture changes and there's a lot of people right now that are like, we can't do anything anymore because, uh, you know, the culture has changed. Society yeah. has changed. Society has always changed. These things come in waves. And uh, if we're riding on a wave like that right now, it, it means that some things aren't necessarily funny anymore, but that means that a bunch of new things are funny. And even making fun of not being able to be funny about some things, that's still funny. There's never, there's never going to be, a, ever, there's never going to be a, 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 um, there's never not going to be things to make fun of and uh, to laugh at, ever. And I see, I'm, I'm encouraged because I see a lot of young people doing comedy that, that is stylistically completely unique and not like anything that came before it. And you can go back and everyone's tastes are different, but you can go back and watch something that you really love. That's why, look, that's why I say Spinal Tap is so unbelievable because uh, it still holds up. It really does. But there are other things that I watched that I used to love that I think are hilarious that I go, mm, I get it. It doesn't really hold up anymore. It's, yeah. It doesn't make me laugh anymore. Even though I have kind of the same sense of humor that I've always had, like a lot of things that made me laugh at 10 years old still make me laugh right you <laughs> <laughs> laughed so you you feel the world has become a little too sensitive with this stuff every generation uh, you know in in american pop culture is more sensitive than the last right so you know you can either get with it or you can become a crotchety old man you know about it and uh i don't really have a strong opinion and uh you know, I'm not one of these young people who has their whole life ahead of them with, with, you know, having to, having to contend with, um, how comedy is, 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 is created and consumed. Uh, so I get to kind of go, I don't know, 
I mean, I was in the 90s doing shit on Mad TV that you could, you'd get canceled so many fucking times for the shit that we did. And I did that. I did all that stuff. And right. We all signed off on it. Oh, by the way, uh, a TV studio and a television network all signed off on it. Right. And picked it up over and over again and sold a lot of Diet Coke and Ford trucks on commercials with that stuff. And right. I was there. So it's like, am I a bad person? No. Are the people that I worked with bad people? No. We we did horrendous shit. A lot right. of it was uh, self-effacing. You know, if you're, if, you know, we, you know, there's uh, writers of different um, ethnicities, genders, uh, identif ident identities uh, that worked at Mad TV. And some of the stuff that, that came out of that was so raw and so funny and so theirs. And I would never fuck with that or take anything away from that right. or be sensitive to anything that, that isn't true to me. I, and I try not to be sensitive about anything with myself, which is real easy because I'm a you know <laughs> big white dude. What are you going to say? Hey, you're fat. Mm, fuck you. I don't care. Uh, yeah, sure. Whatever. You want to come to Subway with me? <laughs> I'm going to get super upset with some fucking guy who says I'm, I'm living color. <laughs> you motherfucker. You know what else was good was those Arnold Schwarzenegger driving vines. It was a bad idea. It was unsafe. Why aren't you sensitive to the way things should be? I should fucking cancel myself 10 years ago for doing that shit. I could have killed somebody on the road. No, yeah, but you were probably careful, right? Yeah, I was, I guess. <laughs> Let me buy your sub. I don't, want, I don't want any problems. Put your phone away. Put the phone down. Put the phone down. Um, <laughs> comedian Will Say So from In Living Color right. uh, freaks out. It wasn't In Living Color. I love In Living Color. It was Mad TV. It was different. I don't fucking know. You know, like, uh, whatever. We're all screwed anyway. Do jokes. Get canceled. I, you know, it's like, so long as you're not a shit there's so many people that I think have so much currency to, to offend everybody. Yeah, and and keep going. I, I it does work itself out. There, there are there are comedians who are, uh, and and comedy people and people that are making TV shows that I, I see so much stuff that's so encouraging to me in TV and film, uh, where people are taking risks with jokes. Uh, the thing about uh, the thing now that that I love about it is we're we're widening the, the the scope to stories about all sorts of different people, uh, and and when you do that, you can you can poke fun at way more stuff. Right. And people that are creative and and creating and in positions where they get to be creative and and making the shows and creating the comedy. If we uh, if we have a bunch of different voices in there doing that, there's just going to be way more comedy. And then first and foremost. When it comes to working and stuff, I'm a I'm an actor primarily, um, uh, so I, I'm I get to benefit from being involved in a bunch of different stories. I loved Mad TV. I loved doing five different things a week, and now as an actor, I feel like more than ever I'm getting to do some very different stuff. There's a lot of things that are very different than the last thing that I did did. Which, which I love. So I have less of a, and, and I'm, and it's a selfish thing to say, but it's like, oh, I really love what I do. <laughs> right. I'm grateful to do what I do. I still can't fucking believe it. I didn't go to college. Um, so, uh, but my parents don't care. They're Italian immigrants. They said, love what you do. Uh, but I never told them that I haven't gone to college. They know I'm just being silly now. 
And so um, uh, I, I say this selfishly. It's like, I don't know. I get to show up on things and, and be silly. And then I also should say that uh, most of the stuff I do is generally silly first. I don't really, I don't like sharing my opinion on right. everything, which is probably another reason why I don't do stand-up comedy uh, as myself. You know? Right. I like pretending. And the characters, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, whatever. Offend everyone. Who cares? I want to finish this with something uh, fun. Do you mind? I mean, you have a pitch perfect. I'm a terrible singer, but would you sing one of the Spinal Tap songs with me? Yeah, which one? I think... I think this is my There's favorite Sex one. Farm and Big Bottom. I think Big Bottom is my favorite. Yeah. You want to sing it with me? All right. Well, yeah, I was going to let you sing. I'll, I'll, I'll no, do that. No, we're both going to sing. Okay. Okay. We're all going to sing. Do you know this one? Yeah. This These lyrics are hilarious. The bigger the, the cushion, the, the sweeter, sweeter the pushing. That's, that's what, what I said. said. The looser the waistband, the deeper the quicksand, or so I have read. My baby fits. Last night I watched the movie with my wife. She hasn't seen it since she was a teenager. Right. And she, her face went like this on this line. My baby fits me like a flesh tuxedo. Because I was singing it four inches from her face. I like to sink her with my pink torpedo. Big bottom. Big, big bottom. bottom. Talk about bum cakes. My girl's got them. Big bottom. Drive me out of my mind. How could I leave this behind? Bum cakes became common nomenclature to me and my pals in high school. Everything was bum cakes, mud flaps and bum cakes. Yeah. Check out the bum cakes on Stephanie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's what we were saying in the 11th grade. Awesome. We didn't get canceled for it back then. Yeah. It was Nobody gave a shit. Oh, those girls had a horrible time. Back then, but yeah. yeah. Uh, for everybody who haven't seen this movie, please go see it. See Spinal Tap. It's such a cool movie. If you haven't seen it, there's tiny moments in it that you might miss. Oh my gosh! When when Bobby Flackman, uh, uh, Fran Drescher says to Ian, the, the the manager, "Listen, money talks and bullshit walks." He gives this take where he goes, "It makes me laugh so hard because he goes, which makes you go, yeah, what a dumb saying." There's so many tiny things that Harry Shearer yeah. is doing, where he's like being, it's like, well, maybe we should um, change the choreography so that the that the dwarves don't get in the way. What do you mean? So they don't trod upon it. I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue might have been, and it just the camera stays on <laughs> Derek Small, so he's like, like tiny. Nigel Tufnell, fucking Christopher Guest is doing the teeniest, tiniest little things. What's wrong with being sexy? Sexist. Ist. And then this is his reaction. Like, it's so fucking. They're so real. Yeah. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. It is a masterpiece. Yeah. If you haven't seen Spinal Tap or if you haven't seen it in a while, just uh, enjoy the fuck out of Spinal Tap. Thanks for having me because- Thank you, Will Sasso. Listen. Awesome. You got me to watch Spinal Tap. Again, <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Great.